For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject the Blood Covenant. This is part seven of the series. So now we're going to give you some examples of what the Bible calls statutes or divine decrees from the lawgiver, that is Yeshua, which in Hebrew it was called Hokim. And keeping the weekly Sabbath is a divine decree from the lawgiver, and in doing so, and by seeking to be obedient to him, you are expressing your love for him with all your heart and all your soul. So in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, it is written, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And then in Isaiah chapter 56, verse 6, And the sons of the stranger that join themselves to the Lord to serve him, everyone that keeps the Sabbath from polluting it, and takes hold of my covenant. So keeping the annual biblical feast days is showing your love for Yeshua by keeping these divine decrees of his. In Exodus chapter 23 verse 14 it is written, Three times you shall keep a feast unto me in the year. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 16 verse 16, Three times in a year shall all your males appear before the Lord your God. In the feast of unleavened bread, that's speaking of the season of Passover, and in the feast of weeks, which in Hebrew it was Shavuot, and the Greek name is Pentecost, and in the feast of tabernacles, which in Hebrew is Sukkot, the Feast of Booze. Another divine decree of the lawgiver is to keep the new moon. In Psalm chapter 81, verses 3 and 4, it is written, Blow the shofar in the new moon in the time appointed on our solemn feast day. For this is a statute, a hulk, a divine decree by the lawgiver for Israel and a Torah of the God of Jacob. So following the dietary laws is a part of keeping the statutes or the divine decrees of the lawgiver. And in doing so, you're following his Torah and keeping his covenant. The Torah specifies that there are clean and unclean beasts. In Leviticus chapter 11, verses 46 and 47, it is written, This is the Torah of the beasts, of the fowl, and of every living creature that moves in the waters, and of every creature that creeps upon the earth, that you are to make a distinction, a difference, between the unclean and the clean, between the beast that may be eaten and the beast that may not be eaten. So the Bible defines food as that which is biblically permitted to be eaten. So biblical food is clean beasts. In Deuteronomy chapter 14 verse 6 it is written, And every beast that parts the hoof and cleveth the cleft in the two claws and chews the cud among the beasts that you shall eat. It is forbidden by the Torah to eat pig. 
In Leviticus chapter 11, verse 7, it is written, In the swine, though he divide the hoof, and be cloven-footed, yet he choose not the cud, he is unclean to you. Next, we're going to look at biblical food that may be eaten for those that live in the water. And they have to have fins and scales. In Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 9, it is written, These ye shall eat of all that are in the waters. All that have fins and scales shall you eat. And then the Torah permits, as a part of the covenant, that you may eat of clean birds. Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 11, it is written, Of all the clean birds you shall eat. So as a part of the Torah that was given at Mount Sinai in keeping the covenant, you are to eat no fat or blood. In Leviticus chapter 3, verse 17, it is written, It shall be a perpetual statute, a hoax, a divine decree from the lawgiver, throughout your generations and all your dwellings, that you eat neither fat nor blood. And another term of the covenant in keeping the Torah is a commandment to give thanks after you eat and are full. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 10, it is written, When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. So that is an overview of the statutes, the Hokim, divine decrees from the lawgiver, that is Yeshua. And among those that we covered were keeping the Sabbath, the annual festivals, the new moon, the dietary laws, and not eating fat or blood. So next we're going to look at some examples regarding the judgments, which in Hebrew is mishpatim, which are commandments focusing on how we treat other people. So now we're going to see that the heart of following the judgments or the mishpatim is rooted in how we treat other people. In Leviticus chapter 19 verse 18, at the end of the verse it says, And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And Yeshua taught in Matthew chapter 7 verse 12, Therefore all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do you even so to them. For this is the Torah and the prophets. So as a part of the judgments or the mishpatim or commandments regarding how the proper way to treat other people is we are to avoid sexual sins. In Exodus chapter 20 verse 14 it is written, And you shall not commit adultery. Leviticus chapter 18 verse 20 it is written, Moreover, you shall not lie carnally with your neighbor's wife to defile yourself with her. Leviticus chapter 20 verse 10 it is written, And the man that commits adultery with another man's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. Further commandments of the Torah regarding avoiding sexual sins can be found in Leviticus chapter 18 verse 22 as it is written. And you shall not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. Leviticus chapter 20 verse 13 it is written. If a man shall lie with mankind as he lies with a woman, they shall surely be put to death. Then in Deuteronomy chapter 23 verse 17, There shall be no whore of the daughters of Israel, nor a sodomite of the sons of Israel. So among the commandments regarding the proper way to treat other people includes keeping your vows and your oaths that you make to other people. In Numbers chapter 30 verse 2 it is written, If a man vow a vow unto the Lord, or swear an oath to bind his soul with a bond, he shall not break his word. Then in Matthew chapter 5 verse 33 it is written, Again you have heard that it's been said by them of old time, You shall not forswear yourself, but shall perform unto the Lord your oaths. 
So now we've covered some of the terms of keeping the covenant at Mount Sinai, which we're going to see was done through a blood covenant. And now we're going to look at a blessing for doing so. And the blessings are infinite if you will keep the covenant. We can see this from Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 and verse 6, as it is written. If you observe and to do all his commandments, which I command you this day, blessed shall be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. In other words, you're going to be blessed at all times. But the curses are overwhelming and overflowing if you break the covenant. This is outlined in Deuteronomy chapter 27, verse 26, as it is written. Cursed be he that confirms not all the words of this Torah to do them. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15. But it will come to pass if you will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God, all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. So among the curses is exile in the nations if you break the covenant. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 64 it is written, And the Lord shall scatter you among all people from one end of the earth even unto the other. So now let's look at some promises that are associated with keeping the Torah covenant at Mount Sinai. So inheriting the promises made to the forefathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which was the Abrahamic covenant, comes through keeping the Torah covenant at Mount Sinai. So once again, we can see the linkage between the Abrahamic covenant and the covenant that's being made at Mount Sinai. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 11 and 12, it is written, And you shall therefore keep the commandments which I command you this day to do them. Wherefore, if you will keep and do them, that is the statutes and judgments given at Mount Sinai, that the Lord your God will keep unto you the covenant in the mercy which he swore unto your fathers. And another promise is that you will receive inheritance for being faithful to keep the covenant expressed in the statutes and judgments. Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 1. Now therefore hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes, the Hokim, and unto the judgments, Mishpatim, which I teach you, and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers gives you. So as a part of the promises of the Torah covenant given at Mount Sinai, is if you repent from breaking the covenant, that Yeshua is going to gather the exiles from the nations of the world. In Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 1, it is written, And it will come to pass when all these things are come upon you, the blessing and the curse, which I have set before you, and you will call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord your God has driven you. And you shall return, shuv, turn back. We understand this to be repentance unto the Lord your God, and shall obey his voice according to all that I command you this day, you and your children, with all your heart and with all your soul, that then the Lord your God will turn your captivity and have compassion upon you and will return and gather you from all the nations where the Lord your God has scattered you. And so now we can see from Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 10 that the one that gathers the exiles, which is the good shepherd, who is Yeshua, as he called himself the good shepherd in John chapter 10, verse 11 and verse 14, that the good shepherd who gathers his people is also the same one that scattered his people. So from this you can see that it is the one that gave the Torah at Mount Sinai when his people broke the covenant, he promised to scatter his people. And the one that scattered Israel 
that gave the Torah at Mount Sinai is also going to be the one that gathers him as a shepherd. And once again, that good shepherd is Yeshua. So in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 10, it is written, Hear the word of the Lord, O you nations, and declare it in the isles afar off, and say, He that scattered Israel, that is, the one that gave the Torah at Mount Sinai, will gather him and keep him as a shepherd does his flock. So as a part of the promises that was made at Mount Sinai to the nation of Israel, the bride of Yeshua, that by repenting from breaking the covenant, not only will the lawgiver gather you from the nations of the world, but he will also give you a circumcised heart. In Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 6, And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your seed to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, that you may live. So this covers some of the major things regarding the terms of keeping the covenant or following the Torah that was given at Mount Sinai. And those terms included promises, blessings, and curses. Now we're going to see how there was an exchange of weapons that the God of Israel promised to be an enemy to Israel's enemies if they would obey his voice and keep his covenant. So in Exodus chapter 23 verse 22 it is written, But if you will indeed obey my voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto your enemies and an adversary unto your adversaries. So next we're going to see how there was the cutting of the blood covenant from the commandments that was given at Mount Sinai. We can see this from Exodus chapter 24 verses 4 and 5 as it is written. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord and built an altar under the hill. And he sent young men of the children of Israel which offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen unto the Lord. So now we're going to see that once there was the cutting of the blood covenant, the walk of blood is going to be expressed through the sprinkling of blood upon the people. In Exodus chapter 24, verse 6 and verse 8, it is written, And Moses took half of the blood and put it in the basins, and half the blood he sprinkled on the altar. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant, which the Lord has made with you concerning all these words. And then we're going to have the covenant oath. In Exodus chapter 24, verse 3, it is written, And Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord. And all the people answered with one voice and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. So now, since there's been an agreement of terms, the cutting of the covenant, the sprinkling of the blood, and a covenant oath to keep the terms of the blood covenant, now we're going to see that there's going to be a covenant meal. In Exodus chapter 24, verses 9 through 11, it is written, And then went up Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel. And they saw the God of Israel, and they saw God, and they did eat and drink. So the Sabbath is the covenant sign of the blood covenant expressed through giving the Torah at Mount Sinai. In Exodus chapter 31, verses 12 and 13, it is written, And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily my Sabbaths you shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I am the Lord that does sanctify you. And finally, we're going to see how the nation of Israel, the house of Jacob that was given the Torah at Mount Sinai, how they were tested when they went into the wilderness. In Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 2 it is written, And ye shall remember all the way which the Lord your God led you these forty years in the wilderness to test you, to prove you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So now let's summarize what we've covered in this part of the teaching regarding Yeshua giving the Torah at Mount Sinai to his bride, the nation of Israel, or the house of Jacob, 
as a blood covenant. Number one, Yeshua gave the Torah at Mount Sinai, and he did so as a blood covenant. Number two, believers in Yeshua are to see themselves as if they were at Mount Sinai and that they are a part of the giving of this covenant. Number three, at Mount Sinai, there was a marriage between Yeshua and the nation of Israel. The marriage covenant is based upon obedience to the Torah. Number four, the Torah, which means teaching or instruction, in its detail is divided into two main categories, statutes, which are divine decrees from the lawgiver, and judgments, which are commandments how we treat other people. Number five, some of the statutes include keeping the weekly Sabbath, the annual festivals, the new moon, and the dietary laws. Number six, the judgments are summarized with the commandment to love your neighbor as yourself. Number seven, the same Torah was given to both Jew and non-Jew. Number eight, one of the curses for breaking the covenant is exile into the nations. Number nine, if the nation of Israel repents in exile, Yeshua promised to gather them back to the land of Israel. Number 10, in order to inherit the land, the nation of Israel must obey the Torah of Yeshua. Number 11, the sign of the blood covenant at Mount Sinai is keeping the weekly Sabbath. Number 12, the nation of Israel was tested for 40 years in the wilderness to see if they would be faithful in keeping the blood covenant given at Mount Sinai. So now we've seen that it was Yeshua that gave the Torah at Mount Sinai. And when he gave the Torah to his people, he did so in the form of a marriage agreement. The terms and the conditions of the marriage was keeping the Torah of the lawgiver, and it was ratified in blood or through a blood covenant. So keeping the covenant is associated with a marriage relationship. In Leviticus chapter 26, verse 3 and verse 12, it is written, If you will walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, I will walk among you, and I will be your God, and you will be my people. So this phrase, I will be your God, and you will be my people, speaks of a marriage relationship. However, the nation of Israel broke her marriage vows. We can see this from Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 2, verse 35, and verse 38, as it is written. Son of man, cause Jerusalem to know her abominations. Wherefore, O harlot, hear the word of the Lord. I will judge you as a woman that breaks wedlock, and shed blood are judged, and I will give you blood and fury and jealousy. So in the bride of Yeshua, the nation of Israel, or the house of Jacob, breaking her marriage vows and breaking the blood covenant, he brought a lawsuit through the prophets against her. So in Micah chapter 6 verse 2 it is written, Hear ye, O mountains, for the Lord has a controversy with his people, and he will plead with Israel. So this word translated as controversy in the King James is the Strong's number 7379 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary. And it's the Hebrew word reeve. And reeve means a heated dispute. And one form of a heated dispute is a lawsuit. As we can see, the word also means a case at law, referring to a lawsuit. So the God of Israel brought a lawsuit through the prophets against his people because they broke the covenant. They didn't follow his Torah. Hosea chapter 4 verse 1, it is written, Hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel, for the Lord has a controversy, a reeve, a heated dispute, a lawsuit with the inhabitants of the land, because there's no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. And to have knowledge of God is to follow his Torah. So this covenant lawsuit was against the southern kingdom, the house of Judah, or the Jewish people. Hosea chapter 12 verse 2, the Lord has a covenant lawsuit against Judah. But he also had a covenant lawsuit against the northern kingdom, the ten tribes. 
the house of Joseph, or Ephraim. In Hosea chapter 4, verse 1, it is written, Hear the word of the Lord, you Israelites, for the Lord has a covenant lawsuit against the people of Israel, the northern kingdom. So not only did the God of Israel bring a covenant lawsuit against the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, but against the Levites, the priests of the nation as well. In Hosea chapter 4, verse 4, it is written, Do not let anyone accuse or contend against anyone else, for my case is against you priests, the Levites. So in breaking the covenant, in order to restore the relationship, if the nation of Israel, the house of Jacob, or his bride, would do according to the terms of the covenant made at Mount Sinai, wherein they would repent after being scattered in the nations and the blessing and the curses come upon them, that he promised to give them a circumcised heart, and this is going to be done through the new covenant. Or in Hebrew, it would be understood as renewing the covenant that was made at Mount Sinai. So the new covenant or the renewed covenant is Torah-based, and it is the Torah written upon our heart, because at Mount Sinai, the Torah was written upon stony hearts. So they broke it, and this was foreshadowed by the nation of Israel building the golden calf and Moses breaking the tablets on which the Ten Commandments were written. So in the New Covenant, the Torah of Yeshua is you follow his written Torah, that is to be written upon our heart, and we're to follow Yeshua's Torah written upon our heart through the help and the inspiration of his Holy Spirit. So we can see how the New Covenant or the Renewed Covenant is the Torah written upon our heart from Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 31 as it is written. Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will make a new covenant. And in Hebrew, this can be read as renewed covenant. With the house of Israel, the northern kingdom, the ten tribes, the house of Joseph or Ephraim, and the house of Judah, or the Jewish people, the southern kingdom. And the southern kingdom is represented and identified with the tribes of Benjamin, Judah, and the Levites. And this new covenant or renewed covenant is the Torah written upon our hearts. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 33. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my Torah in their inward parts, and I will write it in their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So I will be their God, and they will be my people. This once again is communicating a marriage relationship. The renewing of the marriage. So with the new covenant or the renewed covenant comes a new heart to keep the Torah and to keep the statutes and judgments of the lawgiver. But in order to do it in a way that's pleasing to him, we also need his Holy Spirit. So this is prophesied in Ezekiel chapter 36 verses 26 and 27 as it is written. A new heart will I give you, a new spirit will I put within you, and I will put my spirit within you. And what will be the result or the outcome when the Holy Spirit is dwelling in us and the Torah is written upon our heart? The Holy Spirit will cause you to walk in my statutes. That's the Hokim. That's the divine decrees of the God of Israel expressed in keeping his weekly Sabbath, the biblical festivals, the dietary laws, the new moon. And keep my judgments expressed in loving your neighbor as yourself and do them. So the Torah written upon our heart is doing the will of the God of Israel. So the will of the God of Israel is the new covenant and the will of the God of Israel is to follow the Torah of the lawgiver to keep his statutes and judgments and to do it by his Holy Spirit and that is the people who he desires to marry and enter into that marriage relationship with and ultimately this is going to be the people that's going to be his bride that's going to dwell with him forever in the new Jerusalem. So in Psalm chapter 40, verses 7 and 8, it is written, Then said I, Lo, I come, in the volume of the book, it is written of me. 
I delight to do your will. Oh my God, yes, your Torah is within my heart. So that's going to cover the blood covenant that Yeshua made with his people when he gave the Torah at Mount Sinai. Well, that's going to conclude part seven of the series on the subject, the blood covenant. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.